the first three verses. I'm, I'm going to read them over again, even as we go on into our lesson t- t- tonight. But I'm not going to take the time that I did last Wednesday night to talk about chapter 12, but or by the verse one. Wherefore, seeing that we are compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us. Even looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endureth such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your hearts. Amen. Verse number four, ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. I don't know where I'll get to that or not. I probably will. Amen. But uh, verse number two says we're, we're, uh, we're, we're struggling, we're striding, striving. And I, I made mention last Wednesday night, Paul uses a lot of uh, things that, that talks about racing and fighting and running, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, such like, wrestling. And uh, wrestling, amen, against, we're not wrestling against flesh, flesh and blood. We're not fighting against them, but principalities and powers. Amen. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fight to the finish. Amen. We are, we're, we're going to be fighting till we get out of here. And then verse number two, it says, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If you will notice in all of this, Paul was identifying himself with us, with, with we and us and us and us and us. Amen. And look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Praise God. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. We made mention of some things about the focus, you know, of looking forward in, the, in, the, um, in, our, in our battle for life and look, looking at the future. Amen. You're not going to go very far unless your headlights go a whole lot further than just out there, amen, where you're going to get, you know, next few, next few moments. You got to look all the way to eternity. You got to keep your eyes on the goal. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, Jesus, I, I did mention this, amen, last Wednesday night. Jesus sat down with the disciples in the upper room, and he taught them, chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Amen. These, he, he, that, he, that was his sermon, his last talking with them. And yet, when he got through and walked out of there in the 18th chapter and went across the Brook Kidron, amen, into the Garden of Gethsemane. They, they were just not sure of what he had been saying. They, they never grasped the real truth that he was trying to talk to them about. Amen. Amen. And here in, in, in Hebrews here, uh, he's, they say Jesus endured the cross because he was looking beyond the cross to the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross amen hallelujah we we, we got to look beyond the circumstances of this life 
You got to look beyond the problem situation, amen, and the battles that you're having in this life because, amen, there, there's something waiting on the other side. And Jesus told them in these, in these especially John 14, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to be with you always, even at the end of the world. You read in John 14, 18 through 23, and in John 14, verse 7 through 14, amen, these are, these are scriptures that he was trying to encourage them. Uh, you're, 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 you don't, don't have to worry. I guess I could say uh, you've you got to look further beyond the circumstances of tomorrow. Amen. But they couldn't see beyond tomorrow. Amen. Only two disciples that I know of it recorded that they, they were, they followed Jesus, amen, through his, uh, his trial, or if you want to call it a trial, amen, that was John and, and Peter. And they, uh, the rest of them, we don't know where they were. Amen. But they, uh, they, they was trying to scratch their head, I guess, and try to find out, amen, what's going on. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3 talks about with joy we draw waters out of the wells of salvation. Amen. And uh, uh, then John chapter 7 and verse, let's just turn to John chapter 7. Amen. And uh, I'll begin reading it verse, verse number 37. John 7, 37. This is what Jesus said, you know, Amen. At that great day of the feast, amen. He, in that last day, that great day of the feast, amen. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Praise God. This spake he of the Spirit. He was already looking forward. Amen. He, he had his eyes beyond the circumstances. And Paul was saying here that it was something that he was set before him, kept his eyes on, that he was, uh, was able to endure. And, and you and I, you know, uh, it's the same thing. We, we've got to keep our eyes on the goal. Amen. And keep believing God's going to take care of everything. Hallelujah. And sometimes, sometimes when we're doubting and pouting, we should be shouting. Hello? Amen. Amen. For we know not, really, we, we do not really understand sometimes what the Lord is doing, but you can put your trust in him that he's going to see us through. I've got confidence. I've got confidence. Somebody wrote a song about that. Amen. And, and in order to be something, we have confidence. Amen. Praise God. I, I, could, I could tell you a story, and you, you better, better listen to what I'm saying right now. Real, real good, okay? Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a hypothetical story. Uh, hypothetical means it's a, it's a dream story, you know. It's a story. Brother Harrelson and I was invited to, uh, to the bank the other day, and and they, I didn't know what it was, but to see, they, was, they asked us to come, and so we will come and sit down. He said, there is, a, there is someone that's uh, give a donation to your church, 
and he wanted to pay off the loan that Yukos have for building this new church. And so uh, all, all you have to do now is just sign the papers. And I said, where do you sign at? Amen. It's, it's, a, it's a hypothetical story. But that's exactly what Jesus Christ has done for us. Paid the price. All we have to do is just go, amen, and, and, and receive what he has did for us. Paid it off. Paid all, all the things that you have, the debt that you have built up through the, well, 20 years, 30 years, uh, 50 years, you know. But he was winning, and it was a joy to him. They give, he had an opportunity to redeem mankind. Do you understand what I'm saying? He had an opportunity. Amen. And in and, and chapter, verse number two says, he, he, with the joy set before him, he endured the cross, but he despised the shame. Hello? He despised, he enjoyed the cross when he was thinking, but he despised what he went through. Amen. And uh, let me just read some scriptures here to your hearing. Amen. Uh, Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, and I will begin reading at the uh, seventh verse. Galatians chapter 3 says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foresee that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations be blessed. So then they which are of faith are blessed by the, with faith of faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the, the works of the law are under the curse. Amen. For it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in his sight of God. Amen. It's evident for the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. That's, you can read that in other places. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. Amen. He endured the cross, but he despised the shame. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Amen. And you can read on, amen, verse 14. For the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. Jesus was made a curse for us. Amen. The death of the cross was a very cruel. It was, it was, that, was for, that was for rapists. Amen. That was for uh, people that had killed. Amen. Someone. 
It was the, uh, it was the cruel death because you hung on the cross until you died. The strength of your, the ability, amen, that your body, amen, I'm sure that you've heard people teach that, of how that, amen, the, the, the legs would, you'd push up to get a breath and you'd drop back down and push up to get a breath and you'd, you'd be for literally hours and sometimes it may be a day or so before they would, lose enough strength that they could not push themselves up and get another breath. That was the way, that was the way the crucifixion was for people. And it was for, it was for, for shame. Amen. Because you knew when somebody was on a cross, he'd done something real, very, very bad. Some of the worst because they was punishing him till he died. And, uh, and Jesus he despised that because, you know, he was exposed to the world. Some of his family, some of the believers in him, amen. It was, it was the way that he died that he despised of his heart to die. Amen. It was called a cross of shame. Amen. Amen. Purposed that you may suffer until you finally couldn't have strength even to live any longer. Amen. But when he got through, praise God, when it was all over, amen, it was joy unspeakable, full of glory. You know, I... I uh, I remember, I think I know I've told the story two or three times, and I could call the boy's name or the man's name, what do you want to call him now? But, but uh, he, had, he had had some problems in his life, you know, Holy Ghost, and uh, he, he went astray, and uh, he came back to church, and he was going to pray back through, and we prayed with him for about an hour or two. And he told me, said, Brother Patterson, it's, it's hard to die, ain't it? I said, it's hard to die. He struggled for two hours or more, and he didn't die. And the sad thing is that uh, he, he still hasn't died. And I'm talking about spiritually, you know, to, his, to his past life. He gave up without, because it was too painful to him. It was too, he just couldn't, he couldn't crucify himself. He couldn't, he couldn't give up the world. Amen? And, uh, but Jesus, Jesus didn't have any guilt. Now, that, I, I suppose, I suppose that is a, that's a problem to you and I sometimes. Amen? We, we, we can endure things of guilt, I guess, more than we can endure something accusing us of that we hadn't done, right? I mean, is that way? You just, you just don't forgive too many people that, that uh, treat you bad and lie about you. As easy it is, if you know you're guilty, you can just go to God and ask for God's forgiveness. But uh, he, uh, the Lord... 
had no reason to go to the cross. He despised the shame of it. Amen. Praise God. Verse number two, two says, Amen. Despised shame, and he is sit down at the right hand, the throne of God. Now he's, now he's, he could, with the joy that was set before him. Amen. And I, uh, I, could, I could somewhat compare that just to what I was talking about. There are people that struggles and struggles and prays and seeks the Lord at our altars. And you can tell when they get, amen, when they get the Holy Ghost, when they get all the sin off their life and they, they got freedom and joy. They, they, I, I, I hadn't seen very many people that didn't shout or praise God or worship God, amen, when they got the Holy Ghost. Amen. It was worth the battle. It was worth the struggle. Amen. Hallelujah. And he sat down. Now, he's, now Jesus is filling the role as the great high priest. Hallelujah. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 12. Back up just a couple of chapters, and I'm just going to give reference to a couple of verses of Scripture there. Hebrews chapter 9 and uh, verse number 12. He said, Neither by the blood of goats or calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Because, amen, he, uh, he paid the price and he took his own blood. Amen. Amen. Before the Lord God, amen, in heaven. You can back up to Hebrews chapter 7 and verses 22 through 25. The Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Amen. And then there's talking about, amen, he, he is a, the, uh, uh, the, the uh, I guess you'd say, I don't, well, we, we call it, he is a, after the order of Melchizedek. You know, you read, we read that in chapter 5. Amen. In verse 7, chapter 7 also. Amen. Praise God. And verse number 3 says, Now consider, therefore consider him that endured such contradictions, amen, of sin against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. Amen. It says, Consider Jesus' endurance. Such contradictions. He was dying not for his sins. He didn't die for his sins, but he died for mine and yours. Amen. Philip's translation uh, says it like this, and uh, and I said, think constantly of him enduring all the sinful men could say against him, and you you will not lose your purpose or your courage. Amen. If you can think of what he'd done for you, if he thinks if, how he paid the price for you. That's why I was, said what I did a while ago, and I kind of, I just kind of thought that was a little amusing, but uh, he paid the price for us. He paid off the loan that was against us. Amen. Amen. He, uh, Philip Strangely, said, think constantly of Jesus and how it, the contradictions there. The modern translation of the English translation says, compare yourselves with him. 
how that he was willing to die, amen, as a sinner dies. He had no sin, but neither would God found his mouth. But he died a sinner's death that you and I may be saved. Amen. Knox's translation says like this. Take your stand with him, amen, after seeing what he has done for you. When you consider, amen, the, uh, the, uh, the price that he paid, amen, and it's he called it a contradiction here, such contradictions of sinners, amen. The Amplified says, amen, the hostility was against him. It's not just what he went through, but he was enduring with all this hostility, Amen, that men were throwing at him. And yet, with joy that was set before him, he endured. I'm just trying to say to you, brothers and sisters, even what the Lord Jesus did for us is almost beyond our own imaginations or our own thoughts of how that he could endure it being innocent and what all people are accusing him of, dumping on him, amen, everything. And yet he was thinking of what's going to happen, amen, how that I'm going to save the world if they only follow me. I'm paying the price for every one of them. Forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. They don't even know what I'm doing. I'm saving their soul if they'd only believe. But, but the pain, the pain is harder when you are innocent and people accuse you. I just say, well, go. I'm not getting any amens out of it. You're mighty quiet about that. But uh, it's, 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 a, it's a true Jesus never used any of his power. He never used any of his power. You can go back to Matthew chapter 26, verse 30, 35. Amen. He told Peter, put up your sword. I, I could call 12 legions of angels, but I, I'm not going to do that. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to go through this. I don't have to suffer. It's not... It's not because of my wrongs. But the only thing he, just just remember, the joy that was set before him. He looked beyond today. Now, that's what you and I, that we're talking about faith and looking beyond and looking for tomorrow and looking for heaven. That's what you got to keep your eyes on. Amen. I think made mention that last last Wednesday night. We have got to keep our eyes on our goal, where we're going to be. Amen. A thousand years from now. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You can't you can't look at the circumstances of life. You can't look at the cross that you're bearing or whatever. You know what you have to go through. Amen. There's got to be a joy that is set before us, that we're going to endure whatever contradictions, amen, that we have to, amen. 
when you look at back at verses number two and verses three again, uh, you look like well, what Paul was saying. He was saying that you, you look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the author and finisher. He took care of everything. Amen. I, I, I thought if I'd have really told that story and, 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 and it had been a true story, I, I think probably a bunch of you got jumped up and shouted a while ago. After all, you, uh, most of you probably know somewhere in the, circums- in, the, in the ballpark of the hundreds of thousands of dollars that we owe the bank, and I would shout. I know that question. Brother Harrelson would probably cut a rug too, you know. What, what, what the writer Paul was saying, keep your eyes on your goal. Keep focused on where you're going. Amen. That's what Jesus did. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what he kept his eyes on the, the accomplishments of what he, was, what he was here for. And he spent three and a half years with his disciples, teaching them, plowing up their fields. Amen. As I was saying, he, he was getting the rocks out. He was cutting down all the bushes and, and the briars and stuff. Like that. He was trying to make their, make their minds and hearts, amen, compatible with what he was trying to teach and to talk to them about. Amen. He was trying to prepare them. Praise God. For the joy was set before him ought to be the joy that's set before you and I. And what I'm really trying to tell you, brothers and sisters, is this. Ain't nobody, amen, that gets their eyes off the goal, amen, going to endure very long in this world. If, if, if your faith and your belief, amen, if you, if you, lose, if you lose faith in, in where you're going to go, Peter, Peter, when he just, he just took his eyes off Jesus and looked around to waves, and, and uh, if the Lord hadn't helped him, he would have drowned. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because of all their lives, they had been taught. The reason why the disciples was so blinded, amen, after, after Jesus had taught them for five different chapters in John, amen, to prepare them for the next day. The reason why that they were not prepared for the next day is this. Number one, they had been taught all their lives, most of them had, that Messiah's coming. And when Messiah comes, he is going to straighten everything out. He's going to drive the Romans out. He's going to set up his kingdom. And we're going to get our land back that uh, the, the Moabites, the Amorites, and the Pezzarites, and the Jebusites, and all the other ites, and the, the Syrians had done, and the uh, Babylonians had done and they've been taking their lands away from them and so forth. We're going to get all that back, praise God, when the when Messiah's come. And they were looking for a Messiah to do that. And because he did not come as a, as a king riding up on a, a steed that come into Jerusalem, he come in on a donkey. That was the first thing. They lived and they thought and they believed. Amen. And the disciples Amen. Lived in the same with the same thought pattern. 
Now, the world, and I'm talking about the world now, just I'm talking about the world as the people of God, amen, in, 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 in Jesus' time, they were looking for Jesus to be that, that powerful one that could just speak the word and uh, everything would happen, whatever. And the disciples were raised up in that same mindset. And they was, they was hard for them to grasp what Jesus was trying to teach them. And if you ain't got your mind on your goal, it's hard to, hard to grasp how we ought to live in this present world. Amen. Now I'm, I want to jump the gun just a little bit. But I'm going to be on the same subject. Uh, uh, some, some years ago, now I'm just say it that way, I had the responsibility to go up to, to the campground and pick up a young lady that uh, I don't think she wanted to be up there. And I don't think they wanted her to be up there either. So uh, I had to go get her, bring her back to Dothan. And it's an hour and a half drive from up there to, to, to here. And if I had a pencil and a piece of paper to write down the questions she was asking, I'd have probably had a page or two full. Hour and a half, you can ask a lot of questions. And everything was, why do I have to live like this? Why are they teaching us like this? Why is this? Why is that? I heard an hour and a half of why does God require this? Why does God want us to be this way? Why can't we just be like other people? Until I was, I was speeding up, I guess, I tried to get home or something. Never a question on why does God, what does God want with us, or how can I please God. It was always negative, negative this. Thousands of questions, I guess, or hundreds at least, hundreds of questions was asked. But not a one of them was a positive thing to amen about how to please God, how to live for God, or, or anything like that. It was, it was just what's wrong with the church that it can't live like the world wants it to, I guess. Amen. Amen. Jesus came into Jerusalem. I, I, let's go back to, he, to Luke, the, uh, the uh, 19th chapter, and uh, just, just read us a little story here, and, we, and kind of give a little what I was just trying to say a while ago. Luke chapter 19, Jesus in his triumphant entry, they call it. Amen. Chapter 19, verse number 29. Amen. It came to pass that when, when he was come nigh to Bethpage and, and Bethany, amen, at the, at the mount called the Mountain of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village over against you, and in which you enter, you shall find a colt tied whereon Yet never a man sat, loose him, and bring him to hither. And if any man ask you, why do you loosen? Thus you shall say, amen, because the Lord hath need of him. And they went and got the colt, amen, and, and brought it to Jesus. And you can read from verse 35 
on that he set upon them, brought in Jesus, and they cast their garments upon on the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. Amen. And Jesus marched into Jerusalem on this little colt. Just a, just a, just a baby donkey. His feet was probably dragging the ground almost. This little donkey. They were looking for Jesus to come, and they would have they would have received him if he would have come in with a steed, you know, and and went in to uh, and 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 cast the amen the uh, the Romans out. But he cast out. Amen. We went right into the temple and cleansed the temple, right? Amen. Verse 41, and we, when he come near, behold, his city, he wept over it, saying, if thou had only known, even thou, at least the days of the things which belongeth unto thy peace, but now they are hid from your eyes, for the day shall come, amen, that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee and compass round about and to keep thee in every side. And I think we made preaching of that, and I'm, I'm enough reading. Uh, they they actually some twenty years uh, let me say about thirty thirty five years later this actually happened where they was eating their own children because the Romans were there but Jesus is telling them here he's prophesying to them that the time's coming where judgment's going to come to you guys because you did not know the time of your visitation why because they had the wrong concept of when Jesus came. He came to save the world from sin and not save them from the Romans. Hello? And I'm going to tell you right now, that Jesus Christ is more concerned about your spirit than your flesh. Amen? He... he uh, well, we read some scriptures here in a minute. Jesus is more concerned about your soul than he is your body. Can I say it that way? Jesus is not going to save your body. He's going to save your soul. Amen. And they were concerned about the physical. They wanted, they wanted everything to be just fine. Amen. And I, uh, I told, I've told this about three or four times in my teaching and preaching through the years. I was, I was just a young man, and I went out to Memphis to the, uh, to the zoo, and I had a good friend that worked in the zoo. He worked in, in fact, say, the lepers and the lions and the, and the uh, cheetahs, and that, he was in their, uh, he was in their, uh, their cages where, where he worked. And uh, he was, uh, I told him, I said, you're, you're starving these lions to death. They, they was so poor looking. I mean, they were just walking and growling and walking from backers and forth and backers and forth. And I told him, I said, why don't you feed these things? He said, we can't, we, we can't feed them very much. Why? He said, if we feed them and they get fat, they'll die. Why is that? He said, they lay down, you know, they, they haven't got a prey to run after. They haven't got anything. They just, but they will just get complacent, I guess you'd say, like human beings do, and they would die. You've got to keep them 
hungry and walking like they're searching for food. And, uh, okay, he gave me my lesson. He meant on even how that, how the Lord does us. If you get blessed so much, that's, that's, why, that's why I would say 95 plus percent of the people that win the lottery destroys them. They have nothing to look forward to and reach for. They're, 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 their struggle is over. And it's like a self-destructive bomb that goes off in their minds and hearts. The Lord knows all that. We're going to talk about that a little bit with our own. Because you know how much the Lord loves you? He loves you just like your daddy did. When he carried you to the woodshed. To whom the Lord loves, he chastens them. Amen. I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself on a little of that. But, uh, but that's exactly what the Lord is trying to do for us, making us, amen, desire and reach and seek. Amen. If you're, if you're not going to do it, if you, 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 you've got your eyes off of God. I speak, I speak directly on that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. They knew, and here's the Sanhedrin, Okay. The Sanhedrin. Why don't we just turn to John, the uh, 11th chapter? John chapter 11. And I want to read a few verses of scripture there. John chapter 11, verse 46. Amen. It says like this But when some of them, when they went their way, to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done and then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees to the council and said what do we do or what do we for this man doth many miracles if we let him thus alone all men will believe on him and the Romans shall come and take away our both our place and our nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, You know not what at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people that the whole nation perish not. What a prophecy from a lost man. We, we, we've got to kill him. We've got to kill him or we're all, you know, going to be doomed. Amen. He, he prophesied that. Jesus has got to die to save us all. Not really from our sins, but from our enemies. Amen. They, they done, done figured out that he was not the Messiah. When you start reading with this mind, thought in mind, you would think that this is the very time when Jesus is going to show himself 
And the people thought that to be the Messiah. That's why he come rode in riding on a donkey, not on a horse. He come riding in as a humble servant rather than a conquering king. And so they said, well, he, he's, uh, he's trying to take our place. If we don't kill him, we ain't going to have a job. He's going to destroy us. Amen. Amen. So one writer said, basically writing this, and he was a commentary, he said, the people become defeated in their minds after they found out that he wasn't Messiah. They were defeated. They felt defeated in their minds of the hopes that all of them was dreaming for and believing. Amen. They, they, they lost that hope. Amen. They lost sight of the goal. Amen. When, they, when Jesus, amen, came to die. Amen. Luke chapter 9 and verse 62. I thought I had that marked. Sorry. Luke 9, 62. And it says it like this. Amen. And Jesus said unto him, no man having put a hand, his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What he was saying is, you've got to keep your eyes focused on the goal. Start looking, amen. Start looking, start looking what the Lord's got planned for your life. Amen. Verse number five, and ye haven't forgotten the exhortation which spake unto you as unto children. And may I just... Uh, Take a little time right now. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 5 talks to us about children. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse number 5 says it like this. Amen. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that, a, that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord God chasteneth thee. Now that's what Moses was telling the children of Israel. You wonder why you're going through what you're going through? God's chastening you as, a, as his children. Job chapter 5. And I will begin reading verse number 17. Job 5 and 17. Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. For he maketh sore the bindeth up the wounds, and his, his hand make whole. Even he shall deliver thee in, in six troubles. Yea, in seven there shall no evil touch thee. Amen. The Lord is on our side. He's going to chasten us, but it's because he loves us. That's what I suppose a lot of people in this generation doesn't understand. Amen. Don't understand the chastening of the Lord. Amen. Because he loves us. I've I, I got to ask a question. How many, how many here, you don't have to answer me, 
okay, unless you want to. But how many of here have ever been whipped by the Lord? Feel like that the Lord whipped you. I mean, uh, he didn't put a belt to you, but uh, you felt like the, the Lord disciplined you because of something that he was trying to perfect in your life it's because he loves you. Psalms chapter 94 and verse number 12. Amen. says it like this. Blessed is the man whom thou chasteneth, O Lord, and teach him out of the laws. Bless, bless the man that the Lord's teach, chasteneth, whippeth. I guess I could say it that way. Amen. Not, not, as, uh, not as we do, you know, physically. But I'll, I, I have thanked God a, a many, a many, a many a time because of his chastisement or chasteneth or his directions and, and what, he has, what he has done, amen, for, to correct my, my goings in life. Amen. I could, I could tell, you, I'll tell you a sad story of myself. Uh, I was uh, used to go into the army, and uh, I was, well, Elvis Presley was inducted the, that that Monday morning, and uh, I was, it was on a Sunday night. I had a car wreck, and it was a very very serious. It was seven of us went to the hospital, and uh, thank God nobody died. But it was it was it was very very bad, and I was standing in the middle of the road. And uh, I looked down, and blood was blood was pouring off my shoes. And if I stopped and s- stood for about three minutes, blood was all over the the, the blacktop and stuff. And all of a sudden, God spoke to me right there in the middle of all that. And I made a vow to God right there in, right there in that situation. And uh, I kept my vow. I made, I made a vow to him, and I got back, to, I got back out of the Army in the, in the, the uh, Sunday. First Sunday I was back is when I, I, my vow was God I was going to serve him. And the Lord was so good to me to let me go through all the military and back. But uh, it, was, it was one of those moments when I had an encounter with the Lord that actually directed the rest of my life. And uh, I'm thankful. I just, every time I think of that, it, it, it reminds me just how good God is to me and how that he helped me situations and I dare say that many of you have had experiences of God maybe not like that but many times things went wrong many times something's happened and you recognize that God's trying to direct you another direction in life I dare say many of you have had some had some roadblocks <laughs> that God's thrown up this misdirect you Paul even had one of those when he got to Troas and God was blocking him, amen, and he got to Troas and praying, and the Lord gave him a vision, said, come over to Macedonia and help us. Remember the story? 
Amen. So immediately Paul's, amen, took his, took his uh, entourage that he had and went over to Macedonia and stopped in Philippi and got thrown in jail. Well, Lord, you know, uh, I don't know where Paul ever felt like he found the person that talked to him to come over to Macedonia and help him. But he did find the will of God and direction of God. Amen. So I want to tell you something. Amen. God can speak to us. Amen. And direct our paths. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son, whom he delight. Amen. You better thank God for every time that he, amen, he, he blocks you, directs you, or chastens you because it's out for your eternal good, not for your physical good. Amen? Amen. amen. There's, a, there's a lot of times God's give us financial setbacks or, or, or job, tr- job losses or whatever. Amen. And you say, Lord, I mean, I, I, you got to give me some direction here. Amen. Because he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to give you some direction for heaven. Am I making sense to some of you? I want to tell you something. God loves you enough that he'd, if he, amen, if you just, you just allow him, he'll, 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 he'll keep you on the straight and narrow. If you got your mind on your goal, I'm going to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. And, Lord, you've got to help me to make it. And I've already helped you on the cross. And now, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Amen. Praise God. Don't forget the exhortation. Amen. He spake unto you as unto his children. This is verse number five. Don't, Don't you forget that God, amen, is on your side and he wants to help you. And you may not learn that because you're not mature. <laughs> oh, me. I shouldn't have, I might not have said that, but that's basically it. And I've told this before, too. I worked with a man. Worked with a man. He had a, he had a son that was going to Memphis State University. And uh, he, he'd been having a lot of problems with his boy, but... He goes out to Memphis State University, and uh, he uh, was going to try to make something out of himself. I don't know what it was he was going for. And second year, he's out there. He, he changed his uh, mind, and he started going to classes for something else. And uh, him and his dad was, like I say, they'd been having a lot of problems. And then the third year he was out there, he changed again and got started back in his freshman year for, because he was not what he'd gone to school for the last two years. He didn't want to do anymore with the third year. And uh, his daddy said, son, said, I need to make your mind up and, uh, and uh, what, what you really want to do and uh, what you're doing now or what you think about is pretty good. He said, dad, it is amazing to me how smart you've gotten the last three, day, three years. Uh, you, you, you give me the most vice that I've had, and, and I, I didn't realize you were so smart. He said, son, you're the one that's going to school. And you just now recognize that I've been trying to correct you for the last three years. 
and you uh, just now woke up. And amen. So we need to get smart enough to know that God knows what we need. Amen. God knows exactly what we need. And we've got to allow him to do what he wants to in our lives. Amen. My son despised not the chastening of the Lord. I've got several more verses of scripture. Don't despise not the chastening of the Lord. That's what Paul was saying here. Amen. You have forgotten to exhortation. Amen, which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Paul's pretty smart. Amen. I don't like what the preacher said. You know, he tell me this, he tell me that, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, but just because he preached it, just because it's in the Bible doesn't necessarily mean that I want to do it, you know, or I don't have to do it. <clears throat> Amen. It's just basically saying, I want, don't want to do what God wants me to do. I don't want to live like God asked me to live. I don't want to be obedient to what the scripture is saying. Why do I have to? Yeah, I got wrote down here in my notes that, you know, I'm, I'm adding to the Bible a little bit. But I wonder if Eve didn't walk by the, this tree, you know, a tree of knowledge and good and evil. Wow. Sounds like a good thing, you know. Why does God don't want us to touch that tree? Adam? I want you to know, I want to know why we can't partake of that tree. Is God trying to keep us from something? No, that's not Bible, but it is reasonably thought. I mean, she kept standing there looking at it and wanting it bad enough that her mouth was drooling probably. I don't know, I don't know. I just know this much. Amen, the devil just got an opportunity. Amen to let her desire or want to or feeling that God was pre preventing them from becoming. Amen. That she was disobedient to the Lord just to try out, see what it was. Amen. I'd rather be whipped by God to straighten me up than to have the judgments of God in eternity. So my son, my brothers and sisters here, just let God whip us all he wants to because he's doing nothing but good. One man said like this, and I'm going to tell this, and I'm going to quit, okay? Carried him out and was going to whip him. He said, son, this is going to hurt me more than it does you. He said, dad, please, please. I don't want to hurt you. So you just don't have to do that. But you just think, God says, it hurt me enough that I was willing to die. 
that I may redeem you from an eternal judgment. And not only that, God still, God still touches us with his, with his uh, hand sometimes of rebuke. And I am thankful for everyone that he's done for me. And I think you ought to, too. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for Paul that would write it, God, as you would dictate it to him. And somehow to enlighten us. Enlighten us to understand, God, that your hand is always about us like you told the disciples in the upper room. I'm with you always. And, and, and Lord, if anything, God, that you, you see, Lord, that we stray off the path, God, I pray that you throw up roadblocks, whatever, God, that you, you, you want to do to correct us because we need your hand about us at all times. I want to be saved. I want to see everybody, my friends, every one of us, we want to be saved. So, God, whatever it takes to draw closer to you, whatever it takes, God, amen. We ask you, Lord, God, to some way correct our paths, direct our paths, and help us, Jesus, to be pleasing to you. In your name we ask you, Jesus, and amen. Lord bless you.